afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon. We're going to spend a long time today. Today we give God the day. We give God everything today. Um, I'm going to tell you where you can take notes um, because I will just go all over the place today. Um, And it's still around one topic, though. So I'm going to take my time with this. I, I want you to know that faith is high right now, for sure. And like I was telling you the other day, good afternoon, everyone. Forgive me if I don't greet everyone individually, but good afternoon, everyone. But you see, when we say faith is high, you remember things that I said to you or that scripture showed us. That what made the Canaanite woman regarded by God as having one with great faith. What made the centurion a man that would be regarded of great faith? We saw that these people recognized that they were not worthy before God. Can I quote with you because we've got a lot of time today? Do you have capacity for the word, right? This is our secret. I was, was listening yesterday, um, so I'm just going to talk however was listening yesterday to that Congolese worship, um, Sekele, innit? And what's, what's funny about it is that usually with Congolese songs, for example, you're first moved by the sound because they are talented with their instruments, right? They're talented with their composure of music, their composing of music. But you see, sometimes you just need to understand. I've always said that worship is a spirit, that you can really enter a place of worship whereby you actually behold God's beauty. You can be in the midst of everybody. You can be in the midst of storms, of problems. You can have many thoughts that are trying to fight and wage war with you. But at the place of worship, all you can do is reverence God. You know, at that time of worship, almost as if to regard that there's nothing bothering you. you it, there's just something that takes you. So I asked Ashley, what does Sekele mean? And it was talking about secret. They were actually saying that, God, you are our secret, in other words. Am I right with that, sir? They are saying that, God, you are a secret. So there's secret behind their success. You know what I want you to understand, and I'm going to take time with this, but we'll get to Paul's faith today. That's why I want to speak to you about Paul's faith, the faith that takes nations. We're going to get there. But you see, what I want to get to first is with this confession, what people were starting to see, or I hope the people that sing these songs, what they were trying to say, or what I received was that they acknowledged They acknowledged what was going to be the secret to what they had. You know, very much at times, people begin to dictate. Oh, are you ready for the word today, though? People look at people. What I actually want to say to you, I'm going ahead of myself, but I need to, I think the Spirit wants me to say this first. God does not guarantee you any reward other than himself. Everything that you are to ask God for. Let me tell you something. Let me make these statements. I don't care who likes me or doesn't. I know because of God's word by revelation that I am a man of God. I know that this word is my secret. 
It can be today that we are gathered in numbers and it may look like some people are solely devoted to whatever a pastor OB is or a COD is or a nation family is. But I want you to know that the secret to your gathering or to our gathering today is that we know that word is what made us. Prayer is what made us. I am constantly reminded and it's almost even annoying how much I repeat it to you guys but I am constantly reminded of a time when this journey started before I saw people so I am not going to equate myself I'm not going to uh, um, qualify myself I'm not going to regard myself because now I have people following me but again I won't rush as to why I said that but they were speaking about secrets so they when I was listening to that worship song, I, I just had to remind myself that even when it seems like there are situations that should cause you pain, quickly the heart of God begins to beat within you and begins to remind you that the secret or what made all of this was not your preaching. It was your fellowship with me. So when things are happening, Rather than being moved by storms, I remember my secret. I remember that, you see, what was funny, and I found it yesterday very funny. As Pastor Toby was speaking, I got a message from someone I wasn't expecting. I don't know how many months ago we went to 45 Park Lane. And it was, I can't remember, was it a Champions League final or something? It was, right? It was the Champions League final. And we were met with people like, as some of you will know, Snap, Capone, and all of these guys. Uh, some of you were there. And I remember Pastor Elihim pushing me and saying, oh, I know you can win him. Like, in other words, he was just saying, oh, okay, yeah, you could do it now. It's good to have people of faith beside you, by the way. Because <laughs> even me, I was thinking, what am I going to say to this guy? But he was like, I know you can win him. So uh, through conversations, I took his number and he took mine. And I've not spoken to him since then. Purely because the way the work and ministry has gone, you don't even know where to invite them to. If it was church service, you know Sunday, hey, come meet me here. But you don't even know where to invite people to. Yesterday I posted, because of Pastor Elohim's birthday, I intentionally didn't want to post a single picture of Pastor Elohim. I think everything I do, what I'm trying to do is move by the spirit, not sentiment. So the pastor Elohim I want to show is not an individual, but a man of people. So intentionally, I asked for the picture that showed him with the men and him with the women. So I did not post any other picture of him. I posted that. And me not knowing, however many months ago, Snap, um, we met Snap or whoever. He messaged me and he said, give me a job. <laughs> he said, give me a job, LOL. And I was thinking... I didn't even know he still had my number. We had not spoken for many, many months. Now, why did I mention this as the first point tonight? What God is going to begin to do with the COD family, hence the reason why I'm going to begin to speak to you about Paul's faith, which is death. Why I'm going to speak to you about that today is because what God is going to do with the COD family from this year onward, he's going to increase the amount of lives that you will have an impression on. You're going to be in their conscience. Almost like you have forgotten them because you are so busy and consumed with the work. But what will happen is that there are some people that you came across. 
you did not give them money they just saw you they looked at you and something in their heart which yearns for a messiah sees you as someone that can employ them are you listening to what i'm saying to you they're going to begin to have so for months what i want you to understand i started to speak to you about stephen the other day and i said to you that stephen was a man that i think that paul carried his spirit stephen was a man that was bold remember what i said to you he was a man full of the holy spirit and he was also full of faith and what we discovered from that was that that means he was controlled by faith he was controlled by the holy spirit and as a result of being controlled by faith he will operate with great grace as a result of him being controlled by the um, holy spirit he will have the power of the holy spirit work through him so what god is going to do is that to the two thousands measures three thousands god is going to use this small family to create an impression what the first seed let me tell you what the first seed is going to be the first seed is that you're going to be sown into their conscience it will almost look like this didn't happen until the day that god's ready to harvest then men will look for you and you would actually say of yourself i thought i long left this person not knowing from the moment that you had an impression on them what happened was that you was dealing with their conscience you do know that anything i say to you i will not say out of my own opinion even if there's a declaration it's going to be from the basis of scripture that stephen had in paul had to battle with the conscience he had of stephen stephen showed him a faith that he could not match up with stephen spoke in a way not with eloquence but by the power of the spirit by the power of god and it left an impression on saul and you know what was going to happen was that the impression was going to drive men to persecute even more you're not hearing me if if you didn't have if the nation family did not have an impression on people people would not be persecuting us but what will happen is that in the day of the lord the lord will visit these people and say that this is whom i have called well, again, not to go ahead of myself. So what I want you to know, first of all, I've said two things so far. First thing I want you to know is that, or let me just say it like this. Uh, I don't own anybody. Not one of you. I don't own anybody. I determined to know nothing more than Christ and Christ crucified. We're going to get to that scripture in a moment. In fact, let's start actually. Let's start because we've got a long way i've actually asked god god give me an extensive um, amount of scriptures so that our faith will be built by the scripture let's start with second corinthians i know i gave you first but let's start with second corinthians let's start with chapter two we're going to read from verse 12 in the niv so what i'm speaking to you about is paul's faith and what is Paul's faith? Death. So why did I say this in the beginning? So that you will know that there's actually no revelation, though there's revelation. What we will now go through in scripture is the evidence of what I've just said. That Paul's faith, the man that will be able to take the nations, is going to be a man who has the faith realm of death. Are you with me, C.O.D.? Okay, let's read first from 2 Corinthians. So I'm going to go all over the place before we get to 
our main scriptures. Go on. Is this on? Try without the microphone. Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, yeah. I still had no peace of mind. I want you to pay attention because a lot of the scriptures I'm giving you, I said I'll go all over the place, but I feel strongly in my spirit that God wants to set right certain things in your own hearts and minds. God wants to set right. So first, I must take you through the story of Paul. And Paul actually started saying that he was in Troas preaching. And he, was, he knew that the Lord had opened that door for him. Start it again. Go on. Are now, you with me? Yeah. Go on, read it. Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ yeah. and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. I went there to preach the message of Christ. I even found that God himself had opened this door for me. But what happened? Go on. I still had no peace of but mind. But I, poor, had no peace in my mind. Why? Because I did not find my brother Titus there. Because I could not find agreement with a brother. You know, some people are moved by a spirit. They, they even say that God has even given them this instruction. But a man that was going to take nations knew that even if God was the one that opened a door for him, he cannot function without brotherhood. Let me tell you the power of this family and do not allow anyone to deceive you. The power of this family is family. It's the unity. You know, when the Bible says that um, how good it is when brothers dwell together, it is like oil. The Holy Spirit is not a wayward speaker. He is very certain. He knows what he's saying. So he said he actually drew likeness between unity and the oil. If oil is going to flow, if there's going to be an abundance of grace and power amongst us and wrought through us, it's going to be with the understanding of family. I do not isolate myself. Do you know why? Because Pastor Obi is not as equal or more important than COD. He's not as equal or as important or more important than the nation family. I understand that God grafted me into a family. He set those that were lonely in families, right? So imagine that it got to a place that he was preaching the word of God. And he knew that God even opened this door. Why do I need to highlight this to you? You see, God is trying you and I. How do we know he's trying? You will go to Psalm 105 in a moment. God is trying so that he can prove you. The Bible said that the word of God tested Joseph. What God was going to do was give him an insight of word. The insight of word was in John chapter 1. The insight of word was what God had called Joseph to be. So in other words, the insight of word was the revelation of the, the person that God actually knows. But what was going to happen was that revelation was going to keep trying the Joseph he sees today. Are you following me, guys? It's going to keep trying the Joseph he sees today un, until the point that the word proves him. The problem with too many of us is that we have many reasons to prove ourselves. And what we don't know is that we're jumping ahead of the spirit. And what will happen is that everything, it will look like God spoke. It will look like God even opened the door. Can I just say something by the Spirit? That God actually does try His people. 
You know, we keep saying that God don't try his people. Don't try his people. No, he tries his people. He permits it to be so. He actually gives room for them to actually choose to miss it or make it. So sometimes there's doors that God opens and an apostle just says, you know what, God, you opened it, but I'm not going there. It looks evident, but I'm not going there. Why? Because I could not have a peace of mind, you know, if there's a move happening in your life and you do not have the peace of mind. I don't care if it sounds like God gave you that word. If you don't have the peace of mind, there's always a scripture that will give us assurance in God that Paul ignored even the door that God opened for him. Why? Because he did not have brotherhood there. There was no agreement. There was no agreement. Read it again for me. Go on. Now I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ yeah. and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. The, door, the Lord opened the door for me didn't mean that he actually approved of it. He just opened the door. Make your decision. I'm going to show you scriptures that when I speak to you, I don't speak with any intent in my heart. I deal with me in the place of prayer before God. And I don't come and speak what I feel I should speak. I don't speak what I feel that will be a psychological move to gain a person. I, I'm not speaking for profit. And I'll show you scripture as my basis to that. If I speak that scripture to you, it means that before God, I will have to hold account my heart before him. Read it, go on. I still had no peace of mind. I still had no peace, even though it was God. And I'm stressing this point because you see in your life and you know, I said to you, and this is why I ask you guys, not to bore you, but I ask you boldly to listen to the words I speak to you. Why? Let me be even frank with this. My heart follows Pastor Toby. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Meaning that I know before God that if God wants to prove it, and sometimes, you know, we can say God's going to prove these things, but, you know, it looks like something that never happens. No, my life over time will show it, right? That I follow. So if PT is speaking about faith, and then one day I come and I say, I want to speak to you about death, you do know that's not Pastor Obi's word. You do know that there was something I heard through Pastor Toby's word that made me speak this to the COD family because God at this point has set me to lead COD. And for that reason, he knows what words we should be hearing. So it's amazing to think that Paul got to a place whereby he knew that God opened this door for him. But he knew that this was a trap. Read it, go on. I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. I couldn't find brotherhood, yeah? Well, so what did he do? Go on. So I said goodbye to them. So even though God opened a room for me to preach, <laughs> because I could not find brotherhood there, I said goodbye. Because it's not worth it. You know what God is doing? I said to you, and the reason why I tell you to listen to the words I've been speaking is because what we speak is not topical. There has to be titles only so that you can have a reference point. But it's an ongoing conversation. And what I said to you before was things like, God is trying us. I, I reminded you and I reiterated when PT said things like, God's consideration over a man is the permission for Satan to try him. 
but that was only going to be the case because God actually looked at this person it's not everybody that's considered now if you find yourself going through some situations for the word's sake you know that God is considering lifting you what do you have to do stay put you must know that this situation is just to move you out of the angle that God has set you you know we're going to go to Job at some point but we're going to run all over the scriptures today but we're going to go to Job at one point and Job who was a worshipper before God his troubles was just to make him deny God change what you're doing but anyway let me not go ahead of myself so these are things that we have to be mindful of and I cannot but stress these points because I said to you the other day I think whenever our last service was I said to you that God actually said to me in prayer that you are at the threshold of your life. Do you remember? And I said that you're about to fight the biggest fight of your life. And this biggest fight is not against Satan, it's against your own flesh. It's against your own flesh. This is the biggest fight you're going to fight. So I remind you in case there were certain things that came up in order to drown those words. I say these words to you that I don't come to you with eloquence. I come to you with the power of the spirit. I, I am convinced that this is God speaking to us. I am convinced that these are the materials that God is using in order to build us. And if anyone is attentive enough, they will be able to see through a situation. He waved goodbye because he couldn't find brotherhood. But again, so that I don't sound like I'm saying many things, you see in scripture, and when we see in scripture, then I'll comment. Read the rest of that scripture, go on. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. Yeah. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captive in Christ's triumphant, triumph, tri triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Yeah. For we are to... For we are to God, the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved. Did you hear that? We are to God, what? The pleasing aroma. Carry on reading, go on. And those who are perishing. To the one, who, to the one we are an aroma that brings death. To the other, an aroma that brings life. So God calls me today to speak a word that is to witness. This is what I want to show you with this scripture. The words I'm speaking to you are words they are spirit and they are life but they are for witness imagine that the bible says that of the church those that god had called the ministers of the gospel the apostles they said we are an aroma unto god through christ right but the bible actually says to the one perishing we bring the aroma of death do you understand witnessing do you know what that means that god calls us to speak because he's already choosing to do a work amongst the people so the one that's perishing, you will now be the witness that pushes them to death. So you can look at two people who will hear the same word. One will receive the fruit of repentance. Yeah. If there's a situation, if it seems like it's a word that's correcting, they will have the fruit of repentance. Another person will have offense. You're an aroma to them both. So I can't think that I only speak to people that favor me. I must also speak to whoever God sends me to. So what we must make sure is that we are not those who are perishing. Uh, who are those that are perishing? Those who are starting to lean into unbelief. Do you know that there are people who are in the house of God who are leaning towards unbelief? The Bible says that they have left this faith. 
meaning that there's a specific faith. This faith in the COD family, in the nation family, is the unity that we bear. That faith, there are people that, there are things because of your own um, um, expertise, the, because of your own qualifications, because of the applause of other people. You are about to leave this faith. And God says that I still have to be an aroma to you. That unless you see repentance, that I will actually be the one that will help you go more to death. To the one that has life, they will see more life in this. So let me say this to the new gen leaders so that you don't fall in this trap. You don't speak the word for the applause of people. I don't care if everybody else does it. You don't speak the word in order to get a reaction from people. You speak the word because in your heart there's a conviction that God said speak. God did not say speak and measure their response. God says speak. A prophet does not look at what he says and watches every day to see if it manifests. He speaks the word. He knows that it is God who waters. He knows that it's God that who brings the harvest. He knows that it is God who brings the increase, the change. The repentance is not in how you speak. It's actually in the spirit. You gave room for the spirit to operate in a person's life. So my duty is to sow seeds. If there's a seed present in you, whether you're good or bad, the Holy Spirit begins to work with it in order to convict. So new gen leaders, I repeat to you, in a year or in an age where people are driven by charisma, driven by entertainment, do not fall into the category of others. I'm going to show you scripture because what we're talking about here is not entertainment. We're talking about nation taken. And nation taken is not all fancy. It's not all rosy. Do you understand? It's impact or nothing. It's not, I'm trying to look a type of way. It's impact or nothing. I'm not trying to please everyone. I'm just trying to leave an impact, an impression on all people. So this is why today we look at Paul. Paul's faith, which is death. So I, I say this to you, you don't. This is everyone because everyone in this household does not speak the word for the gains of people. We speak the word because we have been commanded to. So I don't speak. And why I said I have to warn you is because previously I used to look at reactions. And I realized every time I did that, I was now void of the power of God. Because that means I relied on myself. So don't do that. I've warned some people, stop looking at the reactions of people. God called you to speak. God called you to speak. First Corinthians, finish that scripture actually. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. Did you hear that? Read it again, go on. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. We don't peddle the word of God for profit. So if I call for a session, I'm not calling for any profit of mine. We speak the word of God. Look at what it says, with sincerity of heart. Go on. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity. So what you don't understand, why we have to be careful is that when we start speaking, I don't care if there's a flipping periscope in front of me. As I'm speaking, I'm not seeing the periscope. There's God that I'm speaking before. I'm speaking before him. So I must speak with sincerity of heart. I am not trying to say something in order to tilt somebody to my way. No, that's not the case. I am a witness. We are an, an aroma to those perishing and those who are entering life. 
So we speak to God with sincerity of heart, yeah? As those sent from God. As those sent from God. The person that is sent from God does not look at people. That's why I need to stress to you, you don't look at people. The person that is sent from God, what does the Bible say? For he who God has sent speaks the words and the spirit is not given to him with measure. So what we are called here to do is speak the word. So in case you think anything I'm saying is for the profit of myself, no way. Couldn't care less what anyone chooses to do. All I know is that I know my secret and I'm sticking with it. Can I say something I said to Pastor Dami the other day? You know, another thing you must understand, guys, is that God don't give many instructions. Look at Abraham. God visited him at the age of 75, gave him an instruction. According to scripture, we did not see God visit and speak to him again till 99, 24 years later. So you see what causes the agitation of people? They don't see God's word as sufficient. They're looking for more. They don't believe when God said, so for me, there's one instruction I've been running on. PT looked at me in Bankside and he said, when I gave you COD, I gave you wealth. That's already my guarantee that you will be wealthy. That's already my guarantee that we will increase. What was the instruction accompanying to that, that God, um, that PT gave me? He said, now speak. I was looking for business. There was times I was saying, oh, well, how do we grow financially? He said, speak. Everything I asked, he said, speak. He said, in fact, don't even work. Just speak. First Corinthians, let's go. I'm still showing you a bit of scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 2. Read it in the J.B. Phillips first. In the same way, my brothers, when I came to proclaim to you God's secret purpose, yeah. I did not come equipped with any brilliance of speech or intellect. So to emphasize the things I'm saying to you, I did not come with any brilliance of speech. Yeah. Or intellect. Or intellect, yeah. You may as well know that it was my secret determination to concentrate entirely on Jesus Christ. When I was reading this last night, this was what I was saying to myself. It's my secret determination i am determined if there's anything i need to be determined in is determined in the fact that what i want to relate to you tonight or this afternoon is christ it was my secret determination to what to concentrate entirely on to concentrate entirely so again i know what problems are meant to do it doesn't matter what the problem that comes in problems are meant to take your eyes off christ it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if it's a family problem or a friend problem or a ministry problem or problems their duty is to pull you away from looking at Christ and I know the moment I start to look at that it is natural for faith to de um, to depreciate it's natural for faith to go down so what I must do is that there must be a situation but I must trust the word of God that he will mold everything into what it needs to be Meaning, as I look at the word, whoever's meant to be here will be here. If they're not meant to be here, there's nothing I can do about it. So, guys, stop looking at problems and look to the word. Carry on reading, go on. It was my secret determination to concentrate entirely on Jesus Christ yeah. and the fact of his death upon the cross. I love that, but we're going to look at it in another translation as well. Go on. As a matter of fact, in myself, I was feeling far from strong. What he didn't know, what people didn't know is because what they met Paul with, they met a powerful message. 
they met they met a very expressional message a very passionate and affectionate message but what they didn't know is that that was not the power of Paul that wasn't because Paul in himself was a good speaker no that was the demonstration of the power he said what you didn't know is that I came in fear and trembling another translation would say what does this translation say I myself yeah in myself I was feeling far from strong I was far from strong I had no confidence in myself I was far from it yeah I was nervous and rather shaky so you know sometimes when you're called to word charge and you're coming and you're coming nervous and shaky no it's fine if you know the power of God if you know that even though I may start shaky I rely on his power it will be so there's times that you're sitting down and you're speaking but you're speaking volumes but we are then known to put our faith we will then know that our faith is not to be put in Paris if she's a good speaker or not well no what we know is that the power of God made us speak powerfully so my faith rests on that carry on reading go on what I said and preached had none of the attractiveness of the clever mind it wasn't attractive to the clever mind it wasn't for the intellectual go on but it was a demonstration of the power of the spirit but a demonstration of the power of the spirit of God go on plainly God's purpose was that your faith should not rest upon man's cleverness so why does God allow you to acknowledge your weakness and then speak through you with power because the purpose is that so that your faith does not rest in flesh you know the problem people are now falling away because they believe they're good speakers and what I'm saying is that no you are called 100% but you cannot start the call believing that again I'm going to show you scripture you can't start a call believing that if you do you're already doomed to fail so this is why I want you to understand and am I saying that you don't speak a word with passion no you speak but what I'm saying to you is that you must not be someone that allows people to measure you the spiritual man cannot be judged by anyone you cannot allow that to be the case so the Bible actually says that go on what did it say go on rest upon man's cleverness but upon the power of God yeah we do of course speak wisdom among those reads the message um, translation now you'll remember friends that when I first came to you to let you in on God's master stroke yeah. I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy I deliberately kept it plain and simple yeah. first Jesus and who he is first Jesus and who he is the focus the drive is still Christ it's not ourselves so I don't say, oh, no, did people respond to the word or not? No, that's bull. Uh, I was going to swear. That's bull crap. Do you understand? It's, it's bull crap. You, you understand what you're functioning with. It's Christ. We're just starting. I'm still just laying certain foundations. Go on. Then Jesus and what he did. Jesus crucified. I was unsure of how to go about this. Read that last verse again. Go on. I didn't try to impress you yeah. with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. Yeah. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Jesus and who he is. Then Jesus and what he did. First Jesus and who he is. And then Jesus and what he did. What did he do? 
Jesus crucified. Jesus crucified. This is not just death. This is the manner of death. We're going somewhere now. This is the manner of death. This is what he actually devoted his life to knowing. This was what he was following. This was what he was trying to imitate. He was trying to do these things because he had discerned that there's a power in it. He discerned and he knew that it was just Christ and Christ crucified. So you cannot be driven by your flesh because if you're driven by your flesh, you do not know the crucified Christ. Now that's important. Please take note of what I've just said. Carry on, go on. I was unsure of how to go about this. I was unsure. You know, we're worshipping and why are we groaning in a place of worship? I'm saying, God, there's many scriptures, but how do I do this? What am I doing? God keeps me in a place relying on Him. The words I'm speaking right now are not because I can recall memory. Do you understand? No, it's the power of the Spirit. I'm stressing this because this is actually very applicable to every area of your life. Every single area of your life. Go on. And felt totally inadequate. He, this was Paul who we thought was the great speaker. Please, it is right that we actually thought that because he was once a Pharisee. He was once, he actually said of himself that to, uh, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. You know when we say that there's men and then there's men, he, he actually separated himself. He knew that he was good. He knew that he was of great quality. But he actually said here that I did not come. He, he actually saw himself as inadequate. This is the way he saw himself. Go on. I was scared to death. <laughs> this is poor. Who took the nations. I'm speaking to nation takers, right? This is Paul who took the nations. He reveals his heart to us. He says, I was actually scared to death. But there was something that drove him. We call it the spirit of God. We call it conviction in his word. This is what drove him that even though I myself may be afraid, there's actually something in me that drives me there's a fire shut up in my bones that actually says i must speak even when i don't want to speak my flesh is trying to hold me back but i cannot but speak paul actually said this was someone that we thought was a bold guy great guy but he actually says no what you don't know is that all i was was a presented body i've gone ahead of myself all i was was a presented body i allowed him i permitted him to do his work through me because I believe he wants to work through me. That's all it starts off with. I believe he wants to work through me. So Paul actually says, but left to me, I was scared to death. Again, I'm showing you this because this was the nation taker. The nation taker didn't say I was bold. The nation taker didn't say that I, I feel like I could speak. He actually says that I feel the feelings you have. I feel shy. I feel scared. But what is different is that I presented myself, oh God. I presented myself to him and God spoke through me. Go on. If you want the truth of it, and so nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else. Yeah. But the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it. So what I said didn't even impress you. <laughs> but the message of it got through. This is why we speak because if you're speaking by the power of the spirit, the message will come through. It doesn't matter how you said it, it will get through. He said that the message just came through, go on. God's spirit and God's power did it, which made it clear that your life of faith is a response to God's power. So 
when you then stand up from here and say that I am going to be a greatest giver, I'm going to be this, we're going to be this, what you now can know from scripture was that that faith is actually powerful because it's not banked on Pastor Obi. It's banked on the power that made me speak. Do you understand these things, COD? Are you at the end of that? Are you at the end of that? So now let's go. I wanted you guys to know these foundations so that you can be confident. Again, I said to you, I want to speak to you about Paul's faith. And again, I keep repeating this so that when we look into scriptures together, all the scriptures will do is impart faith in you. I'm relaxed today because like I know God to be, he's already done his work. So I'm resting in his presence. So what I want you to know is that God's grace is greatly upon you. So now look at this now. In fact, no, I, I said I wanted us to read Psalm 105. Let's get through every scripture. I've got about 10 scriptures for you. We've done how many? Two. Huh? Three. Okay, cool. So we've still got a few more. Go on. Um, Psalm 105. Let's start from like verse 8. He remembers his covenant forever. Yeah. The promise he made for a thousand generations. Now, in case you are moved by the flesh... Again, let, I don't want any of you to forget this, that you're at the threshold of your biggest fight. And the biggest fight, the fight you're at now, you see, even as I'm speaking, your flesh is determined to remember, to remember offense right now as I'm speaking. Let me tell you something. It means nothing how close you are to me. What I want you to know is that the power of God is sure. If you trust in him, you will see through. However, you know, unbelief, what I told you is so offensive to God is because it, you are belittling God. You're saying that he's not capable. You're saying that he's not able. He doesn't have the power to. So what actually pleases God, like Hebrews told us, is faith in him. Not our holiness, but faith. That we believe he can. So what I want you to take note of, guys, is this. You see now, God actually says to us, in this scripture that he remembers his covenant he had to say this because it appears almost to the person that is going through the test like he's forgotten you know i've spoken to you over and over again i spoke to you about man's effort versus god's power i spoke to you and i, I actually spoke about the leaders months ago and i actually said to you you see the problem when i was speaking about man's effort and god's power i think we made reference to sarah right that there was no clear word that said that Sarah would be the bearer of Isaac. There was words to Abraham. It looked like God was only speaking to Abraham, the leader of the house. But what Sarah should have known is that if she speaks to, if God speaks to Abraham, he's speaking to her. This is why God, in the midst of families, he still sets family heads. Because it's going to refer to a person in order to refer to a nation. Now, if your flesh has not been crucified, the problem here that you will find is that now you will be moved. Oh, I need you to hear me now. You'll be moved to act. So, you see, his flesh, he was doing kingship. He was doing a kingship with flesh. He depended on him. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? He depended on himself. Now, the problem now is that God has to now say to us once again that the covenants that I've set even with your forefathers, I have not forgotten. I'm not someone that speaks and forget what I said. And remember that I've set my word above my own reputation, meaning if my reputation and the fulfillment of the word was on the same line and I had to pick one, I will pick the word. Meaning he doesn't mind how he looks in order to perform the word over your life. Can you imagine to Egypt, there'll be some that murmur, usually grassroots people. They can probably say, now there's a rapist giving us food. So now they will look at him and say, oh, this is the God of a rapist. No, you didn't hear what I said, did you? No, no, God would do everything to perform his word. So he starts off with saying that I will remember my covenant. Go on. The promise he made for a thousand generations. It was a promise. It wasn't an idle word. The, you see, what I want you to know, when we say things that we will be very great, it's not an idle word. It's a promise. And what I do is that I show that I know God's ability by believing his word. I don't look at my circumstances. I don't think if I'm in a befitting circumstances. I actually say to myself that now emotions can't move me. Because emotions is an expression that I don't believe the word. I believe my present circumstance more than the word. So am I saying that your mind won't um, wander? Yes, it will. But the word of God is there to regulate it. So before the mind can move me to start feeling, oh, I'm not loved here, I'm not this, I'm not that. I remember God's word. I remember that all things exist in him and I have him. Carry on reading, go on. The covenant he made with Abraham. Yeah. The oath he swore to Isaac. He's showing from generation to generation that he actually acknowledges what he has said to them. Go on. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree to Israel as an everlasting covenant. Yeah. To you, I will give the land of Canaan. To you, I will give the land of Canaan, yeah? As the portion you will inherit. This is what you will inherit, yeah? When they were but few in number. Now look at this. When they were few in number. This is us, guys. We were few in number. That's when he gave us the promise. He doesn't give you the promise when it looks glamorous. He gives you the promise when there's few in number. I hope, I know there's many people in this room and tuned in, but I hope that you're among that few because there's people that can be here, but their heart is not here. Carry on reading, go on. Few indeed and strangers in it. And they strangers. It, 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 it does not look like they should inherit this. It's not a right thing for them according to the flesh. It's a right thing according to the spirit. It's a right thing according to faith. I don't have right to finances or prosperity because my parents could not give that to me. Do you understand? But by faith, I inherit that right. Go on. They wandered from nation to nation. Yeah. From one kingdom to another. Mm. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. For their sake, or I want you to know is that those who are of power, God for our sake will rebuke them. Are you listening to me? Uh, I know you're hearing me, but you, you will hear me. You know, I know you're thinking of governments, but there's a reigning king, death. He's going to rebuke death for our sake. Keep that in mind. Go on. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do not touch my anointed one. So you see, when Christ said that you did not allow my body to see decay, 
or see corruption. What actually happened is that though Christ was in the belly of death, death could not touch him. Go on. Do my prophets no harm. Yeah. He called down famine on the land mm. and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them. And he sent a man. So the twin of Joseph was the problems. I've said this to you before. This is what accompanied Joseph. This was what was going to announce him. This was his prophet. Do you remember when I said that to you? But carry on reading. Go on. And he sent a man before them. Yeah. Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. Oh God. His neck was put in irons. Yeah. Till what he foretold came to pass. Until what he foretold came to pass. What translation are you reading from? Go on. Let, let's see how the New King James says it. We're going to go all over scripture today and let me tell you what's going to happen. Your faith is full. Let me remind you that when the word of God is being spoken, there is power available. I dare you today to speak certain things. I just dare you. I dare you to believe that you'll be a financial pillar. Just, just be daring. Go and read it for me. They hurt his feet with fetters. Yeah. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. Until the time when his word came to pass. Well, the translation I'm looking for is when it says, until the word proved him right. Until the word proved him true. But again, you can go and see that in your own translations because of time. He, it, the word of God was going to keep Joseph in certain states until the word proved that this word how do I say this now? Until the word was able to prove that this word was for him. Okay, for you to understand that, go to Genesis 37. This is a detour, but let's go. Genesis 37. You read from verse 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger. Okay, I've taught you this before. Jacob dwelt in a land because his father was a stranger there. Yeah, go on. In the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. This is the history of Jacob. But God takes us into the future. Go on. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. Yeah. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah. Read verse 2 again because I know you missed it. Go on. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old. Joseph, being 17. God emphasizes his age so that you can have reasons to see him as insignificant. To see him as there's no reason as to why he should be a leader. You know what the Bible actually says in another translation? That he was actually the assistant to his brothers. He was seen as the subordinate. But look at what the Bible says. Verse 2, go on. From Joseph, 17 years old, yeah. Was feeding the flock with his brothers. I want you to take note that the Bible actually starts the story of Joseph saying that he was feeding with. It, it started off as a joint enterprise. It was a work together. But what God was going to do is that God wanted to harvest the sons of Jacob, the sons of Israel. He wanted to show through whom he was going to feed the nations. So it started off with a work with them all together. Now, why did I bring you to this? I said to you, or where I'm going to take you in a moment, yeah, is that God actually wants to call simply the real Nora into manifestation. What does God have to do? 
he has to separate you, which is harvest. We thought harvest was a multiplication. Harvest is actually separation. God harvested Israel out of Jacob. Jacob did not multiply. God separated Israel from Jacob. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So what God actually says here is that with Joseph, the story of Joseph, what we see in Psalm 105 was that the word actually singled out Joseph. Okay, read it. Go on. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah. He was with them. They were all together. There had not yet been a harvest. So we do a work together and it looks like we're all together on this thing. But God wants to harvest you and I. He wants to separate us from the many. Carry on reading. Go on. And the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Yeah. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. And Joseph was honest. Joseph was a man of truth. Joseph, you know, the many had one language. They had one conversation. They had one confession. The brothers, there was no other brother that went to go and give a bad report. So they were all talking the same. But there was one that God wanted to harvest. He had put a different dialogue in their mouth. He had put a different conversation in their mouth. So Joseph came and brought back a bad report. And what happened? Go on. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Skip to when the Bible speaks about the vision that he had. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. Now because of that act of faith, whatever you want to call it, because of him choosing to separate himself, because you remember that his brothers were him. Do you understand that? Are you sure? You're, you're flesh and blood are yourselves. Yeah? He separated himself from them. Now the word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord will not come to you until you separate. So he separated himself by what he was saying. By his commitment to his father. God. Let me tell you, let me repeat to you. I have seen how the nation family grew. I am committed to that work. And you are too. Now, the Bible says, now God gave him a revelation. What happened? The word of God came to Joseph. When the word of God came to Joseph, what is the word of God? The word of God is a personality. It's a person. It's not a written word. It has life. So Joseph at this moment, God gave him a word. And this word was actually Joseph manifested. Do you understand that, guys? The word that God gave him, read the vision, go on. And they hated him even more. No, read the vision. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. Yeah. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Remember, they were working together. What he actually just said is that God has separated me amongst you. Go on. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. Yeah. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Mm. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. They hated him even more. Now, it's not even the hatred I want to pay attention to. What I want to pay attention to is the separation. What was the vision? It had nothing to do with sheaves. It was what God used to, to, to 
um, determined Joseph. Joseph at that time, like I said to you, was with his brothers. So the only definition he will have is the same definition of his brothers. The Bible actually says in another translation, like I just said to you, that he was their assistant. So according to logic, according to man, he would have been defined by that. But because he separated himself, God gave him a word that Joseph, you will lead. He said, Joseph, you will lead. You will be the one that will feed the nations. And including in that is going to be your own brothers and sisters. Now, why, that is, why is that interesting? Once that word was revealed to Joseph, the duty of that word was to prove him as that word. Uh, how can I say this now? The duty of that word. So, you know what happens is that any word that's been spoken over your life, yeah. Pastor Toby said to us the other day that you would see that this is not Satan trying me. It's actually the word. He said this the other day. The problem is because one is not in tune with God, they don't know it's the word trying them. The word is busy trying to prove. So, what will happen is that certain circumstances will arise. And what will happen is that it will prove that only you can respond to it. Because you are actually that word. Okay, let's just move on. Where would we go with before? Huh? Psalm 105, did you say? Okay, go back there, go on. Whose feet they hurt with fetters. Yeah. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. Mm. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house mm. and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. All of this was as a result that the word proved him. Not you trying to prove yourself. I don't set myself free. The word does. I don't fight. I keep telling you, and I, I want you to know, all of you here did not volunteer for this lifestyle. The word chose you. You see where you miss the word? The moment you choose yourself. So you see for me, I, I, I always say this, I didn't volunteer myself. The word chose me where it would have been a messed up plan, where I know that there will be no end to this in a good way, will be the moment I start pushing myself. I, I nominate myself for this. Okay, let's leave that to the words. Um, Galatians 5. Let's read Galatians 5. Now let's begin to talk about um, the faith of Paul. You're going to have to bear with me because there's so many scriptures and I'm thinking where do you want us to go where do we end with and all of these things but again I'll just speak it as it is because we, I want to now speak about Paul again why do we speak about these men it was of the Holy Spirit's pleasure that there will be a book that we derive faith from with these men accounted what I'm saying to you is that we can look at the life of Paul we can look at the life of disciples and gain the same faith that they had. So my faith today is that as we speak about Paul, a man who showed us that he was weak in flesh, he was not pleasing to the eye, he was not a man of great words, 
He was not a man that could put his confidence or equate his success in the nations to his own flesh confidence, his confidence in the flesh. No, we see a man who actually details to us why he became the way he did. As we speak these words today, what will happen is that these words will arise faith in you and you will naturally become nation takers. It's not what you will try. I don't think Paul, when he started, knew that he would take the nations. Propensity just moved him through nations. He had a certain attitude. What he didn't know was the moment when the cloak of the witnesses that killed Stephen, when it fell at his feet, God already at that moment determined that he was the one that was going to carry on the work to the Gentiles. So let's look what is interesting now because I'm going to take you to a scripture. I'm actually going to go back to front. I'm going to take you to one scripture before I take you to a, another scripture as to why God wants to manifest that Iokunimi out of Iokunimi. Galatians 5. Read from verse um, 13. You, my brothers and sisters, yeah. were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. One of the things you see paramount in the ministry of Paul was his awareness of family. Have you seen how much scriptures we've accounted and he's always making reference to brothers and sisters? He's always making known family. He was never trying to break out of family. There's no cord that will break. Let me tell you something. What you must be careful of, guys, is the same things that destroyed our predecessors. It, they were in churches. We saw it. They were in churches. And all of a sudden, they believed that they were powerful. And what was their destruction? What people said of them? Sometimes even us, we'll be like, oh, wow. You cleared, um, um, what's this, the Asda with your word. There's one funny story, but I'm not going to go into it. Wow. You was in Asda, not, none of the card machines were working. And there was a big line. And then you shouted in Asda, in the name of Jesus. And all the card machines worked. Wow. Power. Interesting. But what we didn't know is that we were aiding the flesh. <laughs> we were aiding the flesh. It's funny what I said to you. But you see, where I'm taking you is to a place where we begin to separate. Let me tell you what God said to me. Why I had to take my time with getting into the word today. God said that the moment when you preach as a pastor to numbers has not yet come. The people in front of you are leaders. So they must be taught a certain way. Did you hear what I said? You see the demand that God places on you and I is because we are the 120 that's going to take the world. The world sorry. So what do we have to do? We have to accept this weight that God has given us. So now we go to Paul. And Paul tells us something about being in Christ. Now read from verse 13. Go on. You, my brothers and sisters, yeah. were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one, an rather serve one another humbly in love. Yeah. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Go on. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. God didn't give you a condition to love your neighbor. Other than that, they are your neighbor. So someone, so you see, someone will be hearing me now 
and be thinking, oh, he's talking about me. What I'm saying is my love. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Look at what the Bible then said, why we have to love our neighbors. Go on. If you bite and devour each other, if you get into the habit of biting and devouring one another, what will happen? Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You will destroy each other. So, you know, when someone offends you, it's a gateway that the enemy has brought to destroy the whole camp. So what they expect is if Beryl offends me, for me to react offended. But the problem is that takes us into biting and devouring. What happens? We destroy all of this. So you know what people don't know, surprisingly, is that I would rather appease you, saying, if this is what you want to do, go and do it, so that we can save the sheep. Do you understand that? Anyway, go on. I hope you hear me. Go on. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, yeah. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh is what is stopping you and I from being the people that God has called us to be. It's the flesh. It's not Satan. It's the flesh. The flesh that tells you, we're going to see in a moment, but the flesh is responsible. In your heart, you know that you're meant to be more than where you are. What's holding you back? The strong man. Who's the strong man? Your flesh. He's the one keeping you in chains. What, what's so bad about being in chains is that you know you can be free, but something's holding you. You know that you should be more in, the, in holiness. You should be more in giving. You should be more in the word. You should be more in all these exploits. But there's something holding you back and it's close to you. It's on you. It's your flesh. So he said, in order for you to be free, you cannot be indulging yourself in the fleshly activities. It's going to make us know what fleshly activ activities are. But then it's going to take us to a place. But carry on reading. Go on. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. So what God has called, if, if we say, so Pastor Obi, let's, I'll just use this as an example. Pastor Obi or Obi is my flesh. Yeah. The spirit is Pastor Toby Jr. What is holding me, I know I should be that. It's not that it's impossible for me to be that. Why? Because it's God's word for me. So it's not impossible. It may be impossible for someone else because it's not their word. Do you understand? But the problem is that the only thing responsible from holding me back, from being that, is now Obi. So you're going to notice why Paul said things like, all I determined to know was Jesus, but not just Jesus, but his way of death. Go on. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. Yeah. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. You know where there's conflict? You know, we watched Outside the Wire. Yeah. Is it Outside the Wire? Wherever there's conflict, there's going to be some people that are going to be affected by the conflict. In what I'm saying is that it's inevitable that there will be the experience of harm, of pain, of sorrow. So as long as the spirit and the flesh are in conflict what I actually want to say to you is that you know what's funny is that some of the pain that we are experiencing and I'm going to show you the next scripture some of the pain that we're experiencing if Anna is experiencing pain the pain she's feeling is as a result of the war between her spirit and her flesh it's not that someone offended her 
Do you understand me? It's not. She will interpret it as that. But it's actually the war of what God has called her to be and what her flesh wants her to remain to be. So the Bible says that it's a constant war. I'm now stressing these points because you see now in this room are people yet to be revealed. On Periscope are people yet to be revealed. But we must know what we must do. Christ told us that he is the way. We must look at that way well and consider and take heed to our lives. If not, guys, what I want to stress to you, this has been my main point. What I want to stress to you is that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's my stress. God is not going to be guilt-tripped and say, because you have remained in the house forever. If you have not done away with the flesh, it is impossible. I said to you the other day this. Now I will show you the instances of scripture. And you would realize this is why Paul made it carry on reading go on but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law the acts of the flesh are obvious so let's look at the acts of the flesh go on first sexual immorality sexual morality is more than having sex outside of marriage sexual morality is actually giving your body to what you shouldn't so if God called you to do this and you're doing that that's sexual morality how do I know that the first fruit, I said this to you the other day, the first fruit listed of the spirit is love. So love and sexual morality are both compared with one another. But you see, love we thought is an emotion. It's not according to scripture. Love is that you lay down your body. You lay down your life for another person. But what's funny about sexual morality, you also lay down your life, your body. It's now who do you lay down your body for? Let me tell you about the spirit and the flesh. You lay down your body for pleasure. That's flesh. What favors you? What makes you feel good? I'm going somewhere so that you can test your own heart. <laughs> I lay down my body. I do this. But if it's for my personal profit and pleasure, it's not spirit. Because the spirit actually leads you into a world of inconvenience for the convenience of another. You know, giving, it's easier for you to save for yourself. Giving inconveniences you because God does not guarantee that he will give you money to now eat. He just says give. Laying down your body for something, for the pleasure of another. So sexual morality, yeah? Impurity and debauchery. Yeah. Idolatry and witchcraft. Witchcraft is an act of the flesh. PT taught us this before, go on. Hatred. Hatred, yeah? Discord. Discord. Uh, this is what, whenever you see someone moving and it breeds discord, it's flesh. It brings this unity. It is flesh. It doesn't matter how it's done. That's why I had to take you to the scripture when Paul said he went to Troas. No, it's simply anything that brings discord is flesh. Go on. Jealousy. Jealousy. You know, jealousy is not usually something you speak openly. It's that which is in your heart. God says, if that abides, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Go on. Fits of rage. Go on. Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. Can I stop there for a moment? 
selfish ambition is, you know, what you have to look at. Sometimes telling truth is hard. I'll use another example. You see the thing about selfish ambition, yeah? Anything you do in your life, yeah, you should consider if this benefits you or everyone. Selfish, Selfish ambition, you know, some people, women who don't know how to stop talking because right now at that moment, it pleases them to carry on talking. I was observing something yesterday and I just kept quiet. I said, I'm tired of having to speak because the word is already in you. You're refusing it. You know, sometimes it's selfish ambition to keep talking because it makes you feel good. You know, like if someone's offended, you know, like when we banter each other, but you know the bad banter, not the good banter, bad banter, you keep talking because it pleases you. It's flesh. You make a move. And what you haven't done is considered the well-being as a leader. You have not considered the well-being of your sheep. It's flesh. I don't care how good you think you are with something. What you've done is that you've put yourself before your sheep. And if we're to go into scripture, the table of scriptures, then we'll look at it and we say, that's not what shepherds do though. Shepherds lay down their life for the sheep. They lay it down. They don't ask the sheep to lay it down for them. Jesus Christ did not tell people to follow him without him first dying. What I mean by that is that he knew that whatever he was asking them to follow, he will first do it. Selfish ambition. Go on. Dissensions. Yeah. Factions. Yeah. And envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. And the like. Yeah. I warn you as I did before. That those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live like this. What does that mean? Those who are moved by these things. Those who move. So the other day I was saying that the reason why, you know, I think it was yesterday I was saying it. That you see with pain or emotions. Have you just thought, have you ever sat down and why is life, ask yourself the question, why is life predominantly around who possesses who the devil don't have a body of himself so he constantly through media through situations trying to possess an individual so that they can move like him do what and carry out what he wants to do but God also is determined to pour out his spirit to possess you so that you can move like him so the actual situation that we have to look at is read that verse again I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you have to ask yourself, what's moving you? You have to ask yourself, what are you possessed by? So let me tell you something. You know, it's because we don't open our mouths and speak all the time. And that's not because we are pastors. I want to eliminate the, 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 the failure of the church. The church has been people who sit opposite to the pastor and feel like what happens to the pastor is isolated to them. If I have word, one, it could be yes because of the work I have to do, but I don't have word because I'm simply a pastor. Do you understand that? It's anyone that seeks God that will have the word. So what I want to say to you with that is now we have to ask ourselves what moves us and why do I keep emphasizing this? I 
if I'm to open my mouth and say things all the time, yeah, or if your leaders are to open their mouth and say things all the time, you'll be shocked the way we live. What I mean by that is what we're going through or what is trying to affect us should make us move otherwise. So you see us praising, our bodies moving, we're praising, but in our hearts or in our minds, let me not say our hearts, in our minds, there are things trying to make us actually make our body respond with depression. But the problem is, is that, okay, let me say it like this. The problem with that is me talking right now is a form of speaking. But, oh, I don't want to go ahead of myself. Okay, me talking right now is a form of speaking. But what's the greatest form of speaking? What I do after this. What I do after this is the greatest form of speaking. So the problem is, if I allow depression to move my body, I speak depression. So yesterday I said to two people, I was like, I know this is how you feel in your mind, but the spirit says rejoice. So when you see me write, praise God, I, you know, I don't um, always write on my WhatsApp status. It's what I'm commanding my body to respond to because my flesh is actually saying be sad be sorrowful ask questions why being betrayed it's asking all these questions but the spirit says no what i want you to give off is praise slapper slapper no i said slap you don't listen to instructions you see What God wants you to know, so you see, I'm sorry, as a word person, I get irritated with certain characters. Not because it's the person, it's that immaturity is making you speak something to me that doesn't agree with my kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Immaturity is, you're, 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 you're sad, and am I saying we don't mourn and all of these things? No, we do. But we respond to the Spirit. So if the Spirit says rejoice, you rejoice. Okay, carry on reading because we still haven't got to where we're going. Go on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love, gone. Joy, Spirit. peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah. Against such things there is no law. Against such things there are no law. Go on. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. Can we start the word now? Are you listening to me, Tony? Yeah? Do you know why I'm saying this, guys? I beg you. I beg you to follow me. So what I mean follow me is, these are words that God has been preaching to me for a couple of days. That's why I've been saying to you guys, I'm going to speak about death. I'm going to speak about death. But you see, unfortunately, God does not guarantee a move by sentiment. It's going to be obedience and following the word. So what I'm saying to you is not performance. It's not preaching. That's why I'm determined to not rush it, to speak it to you. Now look at what the Bible says as we start the word now. What does it say? Read it again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, what? Have crucified the flesh. They have crucified the flesh. 
I know church told you that if you go to church meetings, that you are of Christ. But the Bible says this is Paul because we're getting to Paul's lifestyle. We're getting to his faith line. We're getting to a place why God actually wrought miracles, signs and wonders, why he took nations. You see, if you were not called to nation taken, you will not receive words like this. But God has actually called a grace to take nations. He has actually called an Aram to take nations. And what does he supply you with? The means to take it, the word. Now look at what the word now says to us. The word says, those that are of Christ Jesus have crucified. So if I preach, it doesn't mean I'm of Christ. Are you listening to me? If I preach and people react to me, it doesn't mean I'm of Christ because I can take the flesh to go and preach. If I give, it doesn't mean I'm of Christ because I can use flesh to give. No, the Bible actually says that the person that is of Christ have crucified. It's a thing that they have done. The flesh tries to move, but they have killed the flesh through a process of things. They have killed the flesh. I, I want you to understand Paul's making tonight. Paul was actually made by killing himself. Oh God, you're not hearing what I'm saying to you. You see, your journey don't start. So I actually said to you, or what I was praying for us is that God actually says, your work starts today. It starts today because we can determine, because ultimately I'll take you. How do we crucify the flesh? The flesh every single day deals with us. We know what is our right and wrong. But sometimes we fall to the flesh, right? But God says, but those that are of him it's not a matter of sometimes they are in the flesh and not no because the flesh is now dead there's no flesh to live in these are those that are of christ so if you're preaching but you're preaching and you're still a man a woman of flesh you are not of christ no what makes me of christ that after i preach i discipline my body i bring it under subjection so I can come with the most powerful word, but my actions after will show me, oh God, my actions will show me if I'm of Christ. So do you know how you can tell someone that's of Christ? Their life gets better. Better is not, ah, uh, they start having money. They get more in joy. They get more in peace, the fruits of the spirit. They get more in love. They don't say things like you've missed it because that's not of the spirit of God. I don't care what you're preaching. It's not of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, those that are of God are simply those who have been crucified. They have crucified the flesh. But I want you to pay attention because my shouting or my passion right now could have made you miss it. It didn't say crucified. They take responsibility in crucifying. You must know your flesh acts. You must know it. And unless you're saying that you're not a nation taker and you're going to be one of the people surrounding those who take nations, then you can be calm with who you are today. But let me tell you, God, before God, I will not allow anything to make me less of what I'm meant to be. Before God, not sentiment, not love, not friendship, not um, checking if everyone's okay with what I've said. No way. Not Levi, not, not marriage. It's going to be, this flesh has to die in order for me to be of Christ.
And remember when I spoke to you about ordinary men on Periscope, that the ordinary men, by observation, you can tell that they were from Christ. It wasn't in their speaking. They can just tell. It was something that they can discern. So I start the word here saying to you that there's nothing. I don't care what Diana thinks she has seen. What she has seen is what God is calling her to. And the only way to there is death. As far as this body is still alive and kicking the flesh, there's no way. This is not Pastor Obi's words. The Bible says, let me remind you that those who live like this cannot. Meaning that you should, but you will not be able to obtain it because flesh cannot carry the kingdom. I want to say this to you and I want to emphasize these points because what I want you to know for sure is that it's only God's kingdom men that take nations. So you have to ask if you are. So, you know, I had to write down and I had to think to myself. And over the last few days, I wrote down and I'll read it every day, thinking to myself. The life you're asking for is of great price. The life you're asking for. It's not something you're just going to stumble into. It's of great price. And get what, guess what the price is? Everything you have right now. Not part of you, Everything. Every single thing, the way you think, the way you deem yourself, what you have, what you have access to, the way to the Father who is the reward. That's me going ahead of myself. God said to Abraham, I'm your exceedingly great reward. Your reward was not Isaac. No more men would say Isaac, a child, is your reward. Can I just be bold with you with saying some stuff? Our reward is not money. Our reward is the Father. I'll leave you guys to think about that. You know, God gave me a faith, and let me share this faith with you. I will not allow what my flesh needs to determine, or what my flesh wants, to determine if God has blessed me. What do I mean by that? I know because there's a word. I am not going out into the nations because I want to. I'm going out into the nations because there's a word that God has ministered to me. One, there's been an instruction from my prophet, from our apostle. Two, there's an anchor scripture that says that the glory of God will, be, will fill the earth. Meaning it has to be done. Are you listening to me? Now the words that um, Pastor Toby can then say to us, makes us know that God actually, when he said that scripture, when a prophet mentioned that, he had it in mind that a pastor Obi, that a, a, a Sean, that a Razim, is actually the people that will make that happen. So what I want you to understand carefully, I, I want you to hear me, you know. What I want you to hear me is that you see that flesh, and this is why I want you, when we get into the place of worship and prayer, you are at war. You're at war because what you are, actually, are you listening to me? What you are is what's going to stop you. And let me tell you something. God's work constantly advances, meaning that God forbid, and this is the reality I had to know. God forbid, if I don't succeed in getting rid of my flesh, someone else behind me will rise and answer that call. 
carry on reading. Go on. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They've crucified it. How did they crucify it? They kept saying no. When flesh asked for the fulfillment of its desires, the spirit enabled them to say no. And they kept refusing until eventually the flesh cannot move them anymore. They kept doing it. Now let's do another detour before we go back into the word. Job 14. You know, I said to you, um, Sola, yesterday that, are you listening to me? And I said to you, uh, I said, are you listening to me? Because God wants to lift you. Yeah. And then you said that Pastor Enrique reminded you of that word. I, I, I would hope that everyone listening to me will be able to discern a prophetic atmosphere. Simple. In this moment, people are lifted. Simple. Simple. Job 14. Go on. Mortals born of women are of a of few days and full of trouble. Yeah. They spring up like flowers and wither away yeah. like fleeting shadows. They do not endure. Do you fix your eye on them? Will you bring them before you for judgment? Who can bring what is pure from the impure? No one. A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. So look away from him and let him alone till he has put in his time like a hired laborer. At least there is hope for a tree. Yeah. If it is cut down, it will sprout again. At least there's a hope for the tree. If it's cut down, it will be sprout up again, right? Carry on reading, go on. And its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil. What verse are you on now? Carry on. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. At the scent of water, carry on. That's why I liked the other flyer, by the way, Paris. I like this one, but I liked the other flyer. But go on. But a man dies and is laid low. He breathes his last and is no more. As the water of a lake dries up of a riverbed or a riverbed becomes parched and dry, mm. so he lies down and does not rise till the heavens are no more people will not awake or be roused from their sleep. Hmm. If only you would hide me in the grave and conceal me till your anger has passed. Quiet, get ready. We're going to worship a bit. Go on. If only you would set me a time and then remember me. Hmm. If someone dies, will they live again? This is the question that mankind asks. Now, someone will say, I've never asked it. No, your life articulates this question. If a man dies, shall he live again? Go on. All the days of my hard service. However, all the days of my hard service, what? I will wait for my renewal to come. I will wait for my renewal to come. Go on. You will call and I will answer you. Do you understand the scripture? Are you with me still? Quiet, are you ready to lead us in worship? Uh, I really want you to go into our groans. Do you understand? Before I take you back into the word. What God actually showed us, what Job actually showed us, Job knew that there was a new life waiting for him. Job, everything that defined Job died. He lost his children. He lost his businesses. He was um, afflicted. He was as good as dead. And he asked the questions, if a man dies, shall he live again? You know why people run 
and do things by the flesh, they don't believe that they will rise again. No, you're going to hear me in the second part. They don't believe. People don't allow themselves to die because they don't believe that they can rise again. They've actually lost power and hope and faith in God's power to raise them. So what happens here is that Job begins to say that if a man dies, shall he live again? And he says, now, as, the, as I have my hard days of service, what would then happen? I will wait. In other words, I will continue in what I am called to do. I will continue in what I'm doing. Why? Because of what? Read it. I will wait for my renewal to come. You will call and I will answer you. Did you hear that? He will wait because he's waiting. He knows he will wait. He will continue because he is convicted that there is a renewal. I said it to him. You know, if you believe that, I don't want to go ahead of myself, but if you believe that God will raise you, you will not be afraid to die. It's because you don't believe God will raise you that you're scared to die. So you're kicking to be something. You're kicking to be recognized. But it is God who releases from death. So the problem is here, what we don't know and why I said that today, everything starts for us, COD. Are you listening to me? Is your faith joined with mine? Everything starts today because the Bible says that my renewal will come. You will call and I will answer. Do you understand that scripture? It's at the point of realization of call that your renewal comes. It's all of a sudden, Pastor Obis, all of a sudden, and some of my brothers has been able to witness this. All of a sudden, there's something that I've clocked. I've now understood my core. And as that, I am willing to die. Because I'm convicted that there will be a renewal. So you see, some people have asked me before and I answer you today. How do I get back to where I'm supposed to be? What you don't understand is that it was word that caused you to get to where you are now. Word gave an instruction and all of a sudden it exposed all kinds of problems in your own life. But what God did is that, like I said to you in the beginning, it's the word trying to prove true what was spoken over you. What the word is actually leading us to is death, COD. It's not leading us to anything else other than death because death is a lifestyle that introduces you to a lifestyle. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It introduces us into a lifestyle. So God actually says to us that at the point of realization of core, you will recognize renewal. You'll be willing to die. You will say that I used to be a preacher and it looks like I'm not doing it anymore. But it was words that makes you not do it anymore. Word brought you to the place of death. Word brought you to a place where you're not recognized because you don't show dead bodies. You hide dead bodies. You don't show it. You don't leave it on the road. You bury it until it's gone and dusted. It cannot rise again. So God says and Job says that I know that my renewal will come. So because I know my renewal will come, I will stay. I will stay preaching. I will stay giving. I will stay presenting my body until God is ready to raise us. Are you listening to me, COD? So I want you to be convicted on this fact that the word of God is given to us for one reason, to bring us to death. When Joseph is in the prison where it looks like people cannot hide him, you see flesh. Flesh will say, cupbearer, baker, remember me. They're using your own effort to rise. But God, if God is merciful to you, he will make sure that you are forgotten. <laughs> he will make sure you're forgotten. 
because it's only the spirit that lives in us that should raise us are you hearing me so we're going to enter worship a period of worship and prayer and then i'm going to come back to you with a word i hope you've got capacity for the word but we're going to come back to the word but what i want you to know is that there's been no rejection Stop thinking that death is rejection because your flesh has taught you that you must have more money in your account as a sign of acceptance. No. The sign of acceptance is actually that you have less. Anyway, we'll see in the next part. Acts chapter 26. Do you still have space for the word, guys? We must determine that under the word, this flesh will not follow us out of it. We come to the word so that the word can deal with the flesh. Remember that the Bible says that if you walk in the spirit, you would therefore not gratify the flesh. And what is the spirit? The words I speak to you are spirit and life. So what is God looking for from you and I? Do we, at what point do we actually believe? Again, you know, sometimes these words and the way church has been, sometimes preaching just seems like a church activity. But preaching is actually life. Are you hearing me? It's actually life. God is imparting in each and every one of us the means to make sure that every single one of us, you know, when we talk about now, it means that everything as of just before this word, yeah, don't need to count should you choose to have faith to believe now begins are you hearing me it doesn't matter the failures and the flaws of yesterday the word comes to raise us up to our feet so we're in a presidented time we're in a, a in a excellent time i be hearing me we're in a time that god wants to raise us and if we believe that's all it takes why did the church in the wilderness the assembly in the wilderness not make it they believed God to a capacity but they did not believe his man they didn't believe remember that the Bible says that they were meant to be baptized into Moses they did not believe the words they did not believe what was being uttered and I want to tell you confidently with the many scriptures that we've already gone through I want to tell you that I don't say these things for my personal profit what is the core I believe? I, I, Pastor Toby asked the heads of families to give a very brief in a sentence. What do you believe the work of each of your families are? And I said for COD, I believe that what God wants to do is create families and nations. But God wants to keep relevant um, young leadership relevant. He wants to keep it relevant. Are you hearing me? He wants to make it so this is the reason why we don't wait for the end of a work to assign leadership. Do you understand? But I want you to be confident that as the work grows, more and more you'll realize where you fit. So do not be, dis do not be um, disgruntled with today. Do not be in any way um, upset or discouraged because as the work evolves, you would see that it was only you that could have fit there. Joseph had no place serving in the palace or serving in Potiphar's house. He had no place there. That's why God had to remove him. The work had to evolve. Situations had to evolve until there was a national problem. Then everyone would know that Joseph's apparent idleness in the prison was only a reservation for the call for the nations. 
So I always use Goldie as the example that I'm saying like Goldie could have been sitting here and it looks like he's not preaching, he's not doing this. But the moment we have to go to somewhere like Switzerland, it activates the core of his life. So God gives us words of truth, words of life. That if you're willing, and why do I stress these points? Because I am fully aware that I'm speaking to many voices here. As I'm speaking, again, there's battles in some people over certain situations before the word. You know, one of the battles sometimes that when you come into the word, you start to doubt. That's a battle. You start to doubt that you are part of that person. You you even allow your your weaknesses or your flaws to, to make you safe of yourself that you are not qualified for this work. But I praise God that Paul actually testified to me. And so I testified to you that his competence, he said that my competence is not in myself. So he was not gauging himself as to whether he would be fit for what God was going to use him to do. His competence was in God. And in case we think that that's an isolated situation, remember that Abraham's body was considered dead. So he knew he was no longer adequate. He was no longer competent. But yet God moved. And what does the life of Paul and the life of Abraham show us? Life after death. It shows us a greater life. It shows us a life driven by hope and faith. And this is what I believe God wants to impart in us, guys. Our making. That as nation takers, is going to be simply this. One, if you believe his word. Greater faith. I told you greater faith is nation worthy. I said that to you the last word. It's nation worthy. What that means is you're not looking for the best circumstances. You just believe God for who he is. That if he has said it, he has the ability to do it. So all I need to do is stay put. All I have to do is remain with the word. All I have to do is allow the word to help me discern that every other thing is a distraction from the word. So I want us to go to Acts 26 and we now begin to look at the core of Paul. I want to give you a bit of history or just a little bit, not really much. But remember that Paul was someone that believed he was serving God. This is a word that I believe God has given us. Paul, when persecuting the church, did not think he was doing God a disservice. He he believed he was serving God. He believed that the people of the way, as known then, were people that were actually rebelling against what God had instituted, Moses and the law. So Paul drive in persecuting the church, in going into houses and drawing away the men and women, taking them into prisons, um, um, approving um, um, crucifixions or the deaths or the persecutions of people was him actually believing that he was doing God a service. Now, how does that relate to us? It's at the point of call, like I said with Job, um, Job 14, it's at the point of call that you realize your renewal. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So before God met Saul, because that's where we're going, before Christ met Saul on the way of Damascus, Paul at that moment again thought he was doing God a service. When I was reading this, I said to myself, well, what I believe the Spirit impressed in me is, have I been assuming that I'm serving God? Have I been assuming that I've been serving God? Because again, Paul 
and I have to stress this point so that you don't think this is a, a, a stretch of a scripture. Paul did not think he was serving foreign gods. He was a believer in God. He just didn't know how to serve him. Do you know what he was doing up until this moment when God met him? What the, in fact, let's read Acts 9, then we'll come back to Acts 26. Do you know what God was doing with him? It was at the point that Christ came. I love that the Bible does not show us. Christ, let me tell you, according to history, Paul and Christ were contemporaries. Meaning that when Christ was walking the earth as body, Paul was alive. Paul was probably a witness of the things Christ was doing, yet did not believe. What gives me confidence of that scripture? Paul would later say in his, in his um, books that you should, no lo- you should no longer know anyone according to the flesh. When he saw Christ before he died, he can only reason with him as flesh. So he couldn't really know him. Are you following what I'm saying? He couldn't really know him. So I love that Christ had to make himself known to him, but now by the Spirit. It had to be the resurrected Christ that will meet Paul. It had to be the one who cultivates life to meet Paul. So let's look at Acts 9 when God calls Saul into the court. Go on. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So he was not working outside of his means. He had the authority to do what he was doing. What I'm trying to say is that there was no, there was, there would be nothing in poor, yeah, or it would look like there's nothing in poor that should have made him feel like he was not serving God. Again, he got permission. He wasn't, I can't remember what you called um, people, not police, but people that go and rule um, justice themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. He wasn't a vigilante. But what was interesting about him was that he was under authority. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, what God is saying to us is that what we don't realize, guys, is that right now, Tumashe is serving God but according to the flesh. Pastor Obi is serving God but according to the flesh. And what God has set up today to be is to move us from flesh to spirit. Spirit is where you fully know. Read from verse 1. Go on. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, on his way, what happened? Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. So it was of a necessity, according to God, to allow him for a time to serve according to the flesh. God did not interrupt him at the beginning. Christ allowed him to do what he was doing. Because according to scripture, the Bible still says that flesh must come first. This is the reason why when we talk, anytime we talk about youth revival, or we talk about even what we have sown even last year, you must know that that's not even, 
that's not even the lowest of what the Spirit will enable you to do. When we talk about youth revival, going to the tours and all of these places, those were fleshly works. And please, in case you don't understand that, you know, there's some things that God permits because he will still win people from this. Now, look what's interesting. He, on his way, so he was not someone that was idle. He was still actually trying to serve God. So before someone says, oh yeah, I don't know, no, no, no. He was still trying to serve God. And God brought him to a place whereby he permitted him to serve him. On his way, what happened? He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting. Who are you, Lord? He heard the voice and he determined to know the person behind the voice. He wanted to know the, the one who calls him. You know, most of us, we start with a, a zeal, but we don't know who's calling us. What Paul shows us here is that you cannot really serve until you know. And this know is not a, 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 a theory class. It's a spiritual knowing. It's a knowing in the midst of others. It's, in a know, it's a knowing in the midst of activity. God slows everything down in order to make himself known to you. What is COVID? God's way of slowing everything down to make himself known to you. Do you know what God said to me? And I want you to trust the words I'm saying. Because God's going to begin to give people trust. I was praying and God showed me some things about people. But what I want to say with that is this. You see, when we talk about God's trust, God looked at Paul or Saul. Let me keep it as Saul. Looked at Saul. Saul was serving God with his flesh. Saul that he was trying to serve God. Interrupts him. Makes himself known to Saul. Now, in his making himself known to Saul, you know, Paul was a name that Saul gave himself. Yeah, that's why I said I want to keep it as Saul. Based on his encounter, he redefined himself. Paul is to mean little and small. Saul was far from little and small. What made him big was his qualifications. That he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. That for zeal, he was unmatched. That he was from the tribe of Benjamin. He had everything that made him a big person. But when he knew God, he made himself small. So the first point I want to highlight to you is that you will know someone has really known God by humility. You will really know them. They, they, they would, humility will be something that oozes out of their life. They don't try to be humble. Because it's a reaction from you knowing who Christ really is. So Paul asked, who, is, who, is, um, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. Go on. Whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up. Did you notice that he didn't need to explain who Jesus is? Are you with me? So Paul did know, or saw, whatever, knew Christ. But he, this knowledge of Christ saying, I am Jesus, was a spiritual impartation of knowledge. Like I said to you, it's like Diana talking to me and mentioning the name of a, of a female. You saying, oh, she is Andrea. No, no, let me not use Andrea. Her name is, um, what's your cousin's name? Patricia. 
Let's not put that. Let me just use Patricia. Yeah, no, no, let me use Patricia. Yeah? Her saying Patricia doesn't mean I immediately know them. My next question should be, if I don't know them, my question is, who's Patricia? Then there should be details of that person. When Paul was encountered with this voice, he said, I am Jesus. Now, this is why I love this scripture and I'm taking my time with this. At that moment, it was revealed unto us that Paul always knew Jesus, but needed a revelation of him. He always knew. I said to you, we're going to read 26 verse 14 now. Yeah, but read from maybe verse 10. Paul later, as an apostle, accounts the story of his core. When he accounts the story of his core, he adds a detail of something that Christ said. For us to know that Christ had always been dealing with poor. Are you listening to me? You know the moments when a Tomua believes that she's meant to be more than what she is today. It's actually Christ dealing with her. Her conscience is telling her something. Our conscience tells us something. Read from um, Acts 26. What I, verse are you reading from? Verse Read from verse 9. Go on. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. So he, he actually says here that he did all he could to oppose Jesus of Nazareth. So he knew him according to the flesh. That's why he called him Jesus of Nazareth. He fought, but he didn't have a revelation of him yet. Now look at what's interesting. Go on. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. Yeah. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Mm. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. On this, this was a man driven. All of these things I want to show you is before we start to, to persecute Saul or Paul, I want you to look at how we are like him. We were driven to serve God. By zeal we were serving. But it was actually persecuting Christ. Can I define that for you? Every moment of him serving in the flesh was persecuting his spirit. Because Christ calling himself Jesus of Nazareth was only to call the real poor out of him. So every time he was serving in the flesh, he was actually harming poor, the one that would take nations. Are you following me? I need you to understand these points. He was harming himself. There was something he, Stephen really did strike a blow at Paul. Paul was someone that if he speaks, he wins. Stephen, they got to a place whereby they had no more words to go back and forth with Stephen. To the point that they closed their ears and started shouting like babies. The articulation and the intellect of man had no power against the wisdom of God. So Paul, from that moment, was grieved. But he didn't know that his grievance to his loss against Stephen, I hope you hear me, his grievance to his loss against Stephen was actually God implanting a conscience in him. He was, you know when people attack because in their heart they believe. 
<laughs> Paul actually really did believe. So he didn't need a definition. He didn't need an expansion on who Christ was. When Christ revealed something that was beyond his flesh, he now knew that that's the way. What God is going to do from this moment is give you revelation. Listen to me, guys. Are you hearing me? Your eyes will begin to open to this work. The men and women in front of you, your eyes will begin to see. And from that moment, the boldness that will take you will be unstoppable. Carry on reading. Go on. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. Look at this detail. Go on. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun. Again, the emphasis of it from heaven had to be that it was a revelation now. It was not what flesh can produce. It was something beyond his capacity. And that light shone around him, yeah? Blazing around me and my companions, we all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Do you remember what I said to you when I spoke of Joseph? That he was with people, but the harvest was to separate. So Paul says, I was with my companions. We all saw the light, yet the word was spoken to me. It separated me. It called me from them. It called me from their company. Because the company of flesh will only, will only produce flesh. If I remain around flesh, I will begin to manifest flesh. But if I remain around the spirit, then saw the king saw I'm talking about now, will prophesy like that of the prophets. Your company will determine how you act. So now he says that I heard him speak in Aramaic here. Yeah. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul, why are you persecuting me? But look at the detail he adds. Go on. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. You know, I've said this to you before, but I know you didn't hear me. Do you know what goats are? You know, when a farmer wants to make the ox respond to him, because the ox naturally is stubborn. What it does, it creates a sharp object, yeah, and it attaches it sometimes to its shoes. So sometimes the ox, by nature, doesn't want to be held bound. Can you remember that Paul would speak about freedom, but also speak about being bound to Christ? Later, his maturity will always say he's a prisoner of Christ. Before, he was trying to break out of prison like Michael Schofield, right? He was trying to break out of a bond. But what did he do at this point? When he had the revelation, he will no longer try to break free. So these goals, what it does is that the nature of an ox is that it wants to be free. It, don't want, it doesn't want something else to dictate its way. So what it will do is that it will try to kick back as a way to dismantle the one riding him, in quotes. But what would then happen is that every time it drives its leg back, the goats will be driven into its flesh. So in hitting, trying to break free, it harms himself. So Christ actually looked at Paul and said, you're harming yourself trying to resist me. You're harming yourself. You're not hurting me, you're harming yourself. Every time you walk in the flesh, you're causing harm to your spiritual man. You don't hurt Christ, you hurt yourself. Your lack of finances today 
is because flesh has been kicking back against the spirit. So your lack of finances, which is a harm of itself, is a harm that is produced from you rejecting Christ's call over your life. And again, I don't want to speak words that will sound pleasant. I want to speak truth. The call of God calls you to a form of bondage, but it's freedom. It's a core. You're, you know, when we talk about if you still love your old life and everything that comes with that old life, you're not ready to embrace the spirit. You're not ready to embrace your core. So I thank God for people like Pastor Onyi, a dear brother of mine. He would say to me that you must be removed from everything that calls you to your old you. You must be removed from it. Because that's what's stopping you from being Pastor Toby Jr. Remember the illustration I've given, your spiritual self. It stops you from being the billionaire. The moment that you can't let go of your own expertise and your know-hows. You, if you remain like that, you cannot embrace. So God looked at Saul and it, it said, Christ looked at Saul and said, you're harming yourself. Every time you walk in the flesh, you're harming yourself. You're, you're bringing pain to yourself. Let's look at it in some other translations. Some translation says, okay, read the TPT, but if you've got Bible Gateway, you have to help me find. Some translation says you can't fight against your conscience. I think TPT says you can't fight against your calling. So what's been hurting you and I is us thinking that we're doing God a service, but it's actually a fleshly service. But what God wants to call us into the renewal is when we hear the call. And that's our spirit, man. Have you found the verse yet? Go and read it. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You are only hurting yourself when you resist your calling. You're only hurting yourself. Now, let me tell you something about the calling. What has God called us into? Are you guys tired? Should I stop? You know, God looked at the disciples one day and he said, follow me. You know that that was their one calling to follow him. Eventually, one day he goes to them when he departs and he says to them, go out into the world. And then he says, what you saw me do with you, do with them, make disciples. So the principle of following is actually the core. One day, I think, um, one of the apostles asked Christ because Christ had said, now where I'm going at this point, you cannot come now, but you will come after. Where was God leading believers to? Why do we have other religions that believe in suicide bombings? Because it's a principle from Christ that where Christ, where the word is leading us to, you know, some people serve God because they want a good marriage. They want good finances. They want um, to become great. And listen to me, those things will happen as a, it's a companion of the call. It's not the call itself. So again, I'm still on the topic of the type of people, the devotion of people, the devotion of certain men that leads nations. You will understand their configuration, the way they think. What is going to be the next level? Oh, how do I say this now? It's, it, it cannot be your flesh. 
I have to stress this point. It cannot be. It cannot be your flesh. It cannot be your own ideas. It cannot be what you think your flesh can produce. What Christ was looking at Paul was saying was that you're hurting your calling. And what is the calling? And I'm happy that people are now on. Let me say this now. Your calling is unto death. Dede, did you hear me? Your calling is nothing more than unto death. Religion will tell you, if you serve God, you have this, you have that, you have that. And what happens is that people move away from the calling to those things. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom. Kingdom is accessed by one thing, death. So the calling of God over our lives is death. So what is our pain? What's the expression? What's the source of every form of pain in our lives? Why would a woman be upset and crying with situations? Why would a man be envious and arrogant? What is the pain? The pain is all one. You have pain the more you refuse death. Pain is produced by refusing death. I looked at Christ. He did not once resist death. Not once. He did everything to actually facilitate death. You know, when we're looking at Matrix, for example, how did Neo finally win and deliver um, the city of Zion or the, wherever? How did he deliver them? When he realized that death was where he was called to. We live life trying to fight death. We see a relationship dying and we want to do everything to save it. But Christ said anyone that was saved that to try to save their life will lose it. Whoever is willing to let it die will actually gain it. So someone looks at a relationship that's dying and they're fighting for that. Someone looks at their finances and what they don't realize is that yes, God actually calls you to give in order for you to die. <laughs> he calls you. God does not remember the calling of Abraham it was at the point of death that new life started so the delay of Abraham was God seeing how long it took for Abraham's body to die when it died then Isaac came so if we say that this is the year of Isaac what you now need to ask yourself is how long does it take me to allow death because God wants to show something to death he wants to show, I don't want to go ahead of myself still, so uh, I'm enjoying this actually. God is calling us to death. So when I say to Basola, things like, everything that's happening to you is meant to happen. If I say to Remy, everything that's happening to you is meant to happen. These are the circumstances that God does to lead you to death. Now, because of the length of how long I've been speaking, you may have forgotten. Paul said he determined to know Jesus and Jesus crucified I said it's the manner of death do you remember when God met um, when Christ met Peter in John 21 he said he told him that when you were younger you clothed yourself and went where you want when you're older you stretch your hands and others will clothe you and the Bible actually details under that God told him the type of death that will glorify God so you see what causes harm what will cause harm in me and Ashley in our marriage is how much she fights for life 
how much I fight for life. What will make our marriage beautiful? How much we allow death. Can you hear that for a moment? Again, now, you see, I will have to call you into the place of going back and listening and listening and listening until you are convicted. Why? Because everything about life tells you that there's a reward system. And what you have been taught by flesh is that resort, um, um, reward system is based on accumulation and acquisition. But God actually says that your reward system is loss. But in that loss, you will have abundance. Are you following me, guys? So carry on reading. What, what verse were you on? 15. Read it, go on. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, yeah. the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I've called you to be a servant and a witness. You work for something. You work for someone. But this is still not in my emphasis, but I need to say this point. Carry on reading, go on. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And Another translation says, to, and turn them from the power of Satan into the power of Christ. Acts 9, let's read that account one more time and then we move on. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, yeah. he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I want everyone that deems themselves a nation taker, underline that last verse because that's going to be what moves us. This was now, I told you, Christ don't give many instructions. He said to him, the moment that he called him, he said to him, now get up, go into the city or wherever and there you will know what to do. Do you know what stops the church from moving? They have, if God calls us from England to go to France, we're staying in England waiting for, uh, for him to tell us what to do in France. When the instruction is go to France and I'll tell you what to do. Enter a labor. Enter somewhere where God has already provided. Are you listening to me? I'm giving you instructions or the Spirit is giving us instructions, let me say. So he says, so underline that, I did in my Bible, underline that, that you will be told what to do. There are certain instructions that don't look favorable. Doesn't look like you've got enough about it. But God says, enter and there you will know. What's interesting now is that this became the basis for Paul's missionary work. Paul will now go from cities to cities and will not necessarily know what he is going to encounter. He may not know how he will penetrate, but he will remember the word of his calling that entered this place and there you will know. You know, that's absolute faith though. That's absolute faith. 
that's another level of faith and again there's no way I can say this in a short way I have to extend it like this so that your heart receives these things so now he says all of those things now let's look at another scripture keep what I've said here in mind so you harm yourself when you fight your calling and just to make it simple for all of us what's our calling? death Again, I'll give examples. A man or a woman will be upset with a man because a man has done something to them that hurts them. And that thing that hurts them is projecting death in their relationship. Let's use that for example. No, God says, I need you to die. I need it to die so you can experience my life. Now let's look at Paul. Go to Philippians 3. Philippians 3, we're going to read it in the New King James you know this scripture everything I'm saying to you are not things that are new but it's good that I repeat it to you Philippians 3 go on finally my brethren rejoice again reference to a family brothers and sisters brethren go on rejoice in the Lord for me for me to write the same things to you is not tedious yeah. but for you it is safe beware of dogs beware of evil workers beware of mutilation for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. He says rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Go on. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. Yeah. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. He has more. If I begin to tell you um, all the things that I've achieved, you know that I have more of a reason to have confidence in my flesh. Let me tell you something. If there's a talent that is in you, it's your ability to sacrifice that that will give you an instance or will give you a clue of the size of grace over your life. You didn't hear me. So Paul said that if anyone is to have confidence in their flesh, I more so. It's like Ashley saying, or one of the choir members saying that I have more reason to have confidence in my singing than you. Do you understand? I have more reason. Paul says that of his life. He says, I have more reason to serve God because I am of a Jewish home. I'm from the Benjamite family. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Uh, for zeal, I never stopped persecuting what I felt was against the church, he, he, or against um, God and his temple. He, he was someone that was confident with his flesh. But like I said to you, if you look at the size of your talent, which is your confidence and flesh, and you give it away, it gives you a sign of the size of grace that God wants to um, do through you. Carry on reading, go on. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Of the tribe of Benjamin, yeah? A Hebrew of Hebrews. A Hebrew of Hebrews. I, I won't go into that today, but I love that statement. And for someone to be bold to say that, Anyway, let's leave that. If not, I'll go into a Hebrew of Hebrews. Go on. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning the law, I was not a peasant. I was, I was one seen to teach. Meaning I should have been, I know it more than others. In other words, carry on. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Blameless. So he was not a sloppy Christian or a sloppy believer. He wasn't one that was complacent or negligent. He was an individual that said that even with the law, 
please, I, I, I hope that you guys will go back and study because what you then have to ask yourself is that he says concerning the law, he was blameless. But he said that it's not possible for anyone to achieve the law outside of Christ. So there's a flesh, there's a perspective of flesh that if you don't have encounter of the spirit, you will never know is even flesh. According to flesh, he was perfect. When spirit came, he saw that he could not achieve the, the law. Carry on reading, go on. But what things were gained to me? But what things? This is what I want to pay close attention. I want you to pay close attention with me. With. He said, but what things were gains to me? Yeah. These I have counted loss for Christ. These I have counted loss for Christ. Whatever he had, he threw away. Because the way to know Christ is by losses. We try to accumulate thinking that that's going to be Christ. I remember when PT said to us that we think that we sow in order to have more and think that that's the revelation of Christ. No, you sow and you sow and you sow and then you go to zero. Then you enter debt. Then you enter a place of your life is threatened. <laughs> you enter, but it's in that that you know Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Paul got to a place and he said that I counted all these things as losses. Uh, what I love is the word that he used, count. He kept using the word count and account throughout Romans, throughout his epistles. That was the terms that he would use for God crediting somebody with righteousness. He said that whatever I counted as a plus for me, I counted them as loss. He counted them as loss before he lost them. What does that have to do with us? What do we all have in common that we're eventually going to lose? Our youth. What's our common confidence right now? What makes us preach and say our predecessors, our predecessors, our youth. We have strength in our youth now. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? God says that confidence, you've used that confidence, flesh, to serve me but it's harming your calling what I need you to do is surrender that confidence so you see what the problem is and this is not me trying to say become boring this is me saying that you realize even an older young person is trying to remain young instead of counting that as a loss before they lose it remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil day comes and you say I have no pleasure I was reading that yesterday. One of the verses actually says, or one of the translations actually says that you should count, um, you should remember the Lord and all of these things before the evil day. What's the evil day? When you no longer desire the things of the flesh. So there's going to be a time that unless you're a mad person, oh, damn, I can't say some things. I wish I could say codes. We should have made more codes for certain things. What can I use? No, this is costly. This one, this one, this, this will cost me. This will cost me my core. <laughs> ah, God. Unless you are a type of person who accidentally send videos to group chats. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to say it somehow. Do you know why? Because at a certain time of your life, sexual sin can't please you no more. No, are you hearing what I'm saying? 
there's some things that can no longer please you. But the Bible says, remember the Lord. In other words, submit to him in the days that you don't need to count it as loss, but you should. No. So you see what happens. What separates? I don't know why I'm using your name so much. Maybe it's because I can see you today. So welcome. Diana. She's been separated from her own companions. Before she joined this family, she had her friend groups. Yeah. God separated her and actually said of her, I want you to lose your youth so that you can have tomorrow. We said it, we used to say it, that the reason why we're always ahead of our age mates is because we gave up our youth. We gave it up. So when I'm saying flesh to you, flesh is relatable to you. So what's common with us here? The flesh is our youth. Paul actually gave up what was flesh to him. What was his confidence? And that was going to be his gain into Christ. I said to you, now what I'm saying all of this to you is because I said to you that Christ or the life that you're looking for is of great price. What I'm saying to you is easy to do mm, and yes sir too. But to look at your life knowing that you're young and you're entitled to these things but for you to count them lost before it becomes a loss to you. It's not easy. How old are you, Shadi? 18. Imagine at 18, you're saying, lose your youth. Give yourself to the word. It looks like you're not going to earn anything. I've said to people around me, and I want to say it to everyone here, the call of a man of God outwardly looks glamorous. Inwardly, it's, it's pain but it's not pain that you mourn you know the apostles were able to be flogged but they will be rejoicing because there was a power in them I'm going there because that's where we're ultimately going tonight so what God actually says of Ibi is you are confident in something lose it that's your payment a man the kingdom of God is like a man should find treasure when he found it he sold all that he had everything that defined him was actually the payment for that treasure. So unless Nana gives all, she has not obtained Christ. You have not received Christ. It's the payment. The payment of your flesh is actually you crucifying your flesh. Remember the scripture that we read, that those that are of Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh. So you see, when we leave this conversation, this is where I had to pray for us. When we leave this conversation now, there's at least one person that's heard what I've said now or what the Spirit has said. And in their heart, will do all that they can to respond to it. There are others who, out of joy, quickly sprouted up. I'm speaking about Mark 4. They quickly responded. But when cares of life came, or they, they didn't have any root in them, some felt like in thorns, and when the cares of life came, it choked the word. So they said, no, 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 I'm still young. I should live like this. I should marry like this. I should behave like this. I should do and enjoy like this. I should have a break like this. But God says, if you trust me, you will know that the greatest payment for your life is your youth. Now, in case you think that that's me being spiritual, you will realize why Christians are lazy. You will realize how did Bill Gates become so powerful? He lost his youth. 
he lost his youth. Look at all the dates and the age of those who are billionaires. Look at their lives. In their youth, while everyone else was enjoying. You know, I will watch something of Bill Gates. Their mindset is different. Was it Bill Gates or someone? Uh, I can't remember. No, no, no. Someone anyway. In his university, he rented out his um, home for parties. Do you know what he did? Because he knows that everyone as a young person will enjoy parties. He'll rent his home for parties, but use the money to pay his rent. So he appeased the masses to empower himself. Paul said, everything that I can count as confidence, I gave it to gain Christ. Remember that Christ, that Paul kept saying that what I'm looking for is Christ and Christ crucified. That's ultimately what I'm looking for. Okay, carry on reading. Go on. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, yeah. for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ yeah. and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Did you hear that? So why do we die to ourselves? I don't want people to find Pastor Obi no more. When I lose myself, what will happen is that when people start to say, where's Enoch? They will find God instead. When, when Pastor Obi has given over himself in search for Pastor Obi, they will only find God. So that's why when we started to sing, fill my life to all we see, that's why I approved the song in quotes like you will hear me sing along I won't just sing to any song because that's what the spirit is saying that we be baptized and consumed to the point that Tony's no you can't find Tony you only find Christ in your attempt to find Tony it's going to be completely losing yourself this is actually the secret to the power of God in case you think I'm coming with a random word PT said twice self-denial the house of power that's why I'm speaking this to you why do you see the church shouting Jesus and there's no power they didn't give themselves they still have a family they're looking after if you're going to walk in the power of God it's going to cost you the Bible says that you should follow me take up your cross you don't carry your cross for no reason you're carrying it to your death it's the manner of the way you live daily understanding that there's a weight that is put on you that is leading you to death and you accept it you're walking every day is an acceptance that you're meant to die unless that guys don't think you're going to know the power of God carry on reading go on that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness yeah. which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now that's the secret. Did you hear that guys? That's the secret. Why was Paul doing all of this? I've taken you to the core. I've taken to, you to many foundational scriptures. I've taken you to many foundational scriptures. I've taken you to Paul. What was interesting? Paul's faith was death. The loss of all things. But do you know why? He wanted to know the power of resurrection. 
the power of resurrection in other words so that you can understand what I'm saying the power to be raised is in your death so Paul's faith was let me try death so I too may know the power that raises men you know there's the, the Bible says that there's a power that worketh in us there's a power that lies in wait in each and every one of you but that power only activates in death. Are you guys still here with me? No, there's a power that Ephesians was telling us about that works in us. But that power does not come into active. It does not become active until it recognizes the body as being dead. So you see, everything to make you rise or everything that's needed to raise you is already in you but it only responds when you're dead. Do you know why we don't experience the raising of our lives? Because flesh has told us, don't allow yourselves to die. It tells you to flee death. I told you that the man of assignment makes death its companion. It's not going to be something they run away from because they know that increase or the full revelation of what we are to be comes only through death. Please, can I remind you that the scripture says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Meaning that if you're going to be me, if you're going to go to where I am, he actually told his apostles that you're supposed to rejoice with me because I get to go to the Father, the greatest reward. But you are mourning because flesh has taught you to run from death. Who taught you? Remember what Christ then said to Peter, Satan, get thee behind me. Well, why did he say that? Because he was trying to tell him, don't die. So Satan taught the flesh to deny death. You know, Christians, so why do I say this and why did I have to drag this? And you can imagine how God has been dealing with me throughout, throughout days with this. If I'm to be honest with you, let me not even cap this. Or if I'm to be honest with you, God has been speaking about this if you've been paying attention since I started speaking about man being seed. Why would man be seed other than to die? I've been saying this since August. So what is God saying to us? You cannot. Please, I want everyone to hear me. Nora, I want everyone to hear me. You cannot achieve a life you're looking for unless you die. It's not possible. You can parade yourself as much as possible until you die. Do you hear that? Until you die, you cannot experience the power of his resurrection. So Paul actually said that I am doing all of this just because I want to be raised. What did God raise him to then? One man taking at least a quarter of the world. So it's dead people that God's going to send out. It's dead people that God reckons as an army. I was saying yesterday when I was looking at um, a song and the choir that was singing, I realized our call. The church don't know how to fight because we fight in death. But they're trying to fight alive. So what has God called the nation family to be? An army that fights on behalf of their people. I don't expect every citizen to fight in a war but I expect the elite to fight. And that's what God calls us into. So carry on reading. Let's just finish this off. I was going to give you other scriptures, but we'll see. Go on. That I may know him. No, I'm going to give you other scriptures, actually. 
that I may like, whoever you like or not, you receive it, God. That that I may know Him. Is that fine, glory? Yes, sir. God, sir. <laughs> that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from Did the dead. Did you hear that? So when the Bible says in Romans 12, be not conformed to the patterns of this world. He was actually saying your conformity should be unto death. What you're meant to be, what you're meant to become is that of death. You're meant to conform yourself towards death. If you're going to be effective, it's going to be that you died to yourself. So here's the problem. Someone says, I want to do my own thing. But that's evidence of flesh. You're not confident that God will raise you. So you're denying death. You can't stand not being recognized. It has to be that people recognize you as a leader or as a pastor. But what you don't understand is that what God is actually doing in your life is he needs you dead so he can raise you. So imagine you've got so close to total death and then a situation happens and it awakens you again. A situation taps you. you know, I'm, there's nothing I'm speaking as example. I'm talking real life stuff. 100%. It's just that I can't use names because I have to be civil. In this stupid world, we have to be civil. Do you understand why? But anyway, cool. You will hear me anyway. You, your, your conscience will speak to you. <laughs> All of a sudden, close to death, you just couldn't stand that people don't recognize you. You couldn't stand that people mock you. You couldn't stand that people insult you and don't give you the recognition that they give others. And all of a sudden, when God came to test, tap the body to see if it's dead, you, your leg kicked. And he said, there's no fire I can put on this body. I can't give him the spirit. I can't raise this person because the spirit, the, one, the spirit that raises us, the spirit that he that raised Christ lives in us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Your ability, Alakon, to be is in you, but you must allow the flesh to die. So I'm looking at people and I'm thinking, yeah, because they don't actually believe in the power of his resurrection, which is the power to raise an individual, they deny death. So the situation happens, and then I'm like, oh, this should happen to me as well. I'm like, this should happen to me as well. And then they force what only the Spirit will do. Do you know why I speak like this? Because I've prayed. I've checked my heart in saying all of these things. And guess what? If I don't say it, like I said a few weeks back, you will give birth to what persecutes your core. Ishmael. That's the only thing you give birth to. I want to stop, but go on. Not that I have already attained, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, 
let us walk by the same rule. Quickly, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10. Let's run that scripture through. Why do you need death? Go on, what's your death? Quiet, get, quiet get ready, go on. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. We always carry about in our body the dying of Christ Jesus. Why? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in so our body. So that his life will manifest. I died daily. You know, I quoted that scripture to you the other day. Paul actually said we face death daily. But why? Carry on reading. Go on. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. For we who live are always delivered to death for whose sake? Jesus' sake. Yeah, go on. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. What does the next verse say? Go on. So then. So then. Are you listening to me, guys? So then, go on. Death is working in us. Death works in me. Death works in you. Don't tell me you're a soul winner if you're not willing to die. Because you're not really a soul winner. Christ actually said to us, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, it abides alone. So real soul winners are people who know how to maneuver in death. Don't tell me you're talking to one person. Do you know what you're doing? Let me tell you something. If you allow me to be real with you, yeah, I think we'll actually grow if you allow me to be real with you. Sometimes people only evangelize to who they're comfortable with. That's not soul winning. Can I say that? You, so if you like a type of thing, it's that type of people you're going to win souls. That's not soul winning. Soul winning comes from total death. Why does it say it? So then, go on. Death is working in us. Death works in men and women of God. Yeah. But life in you. So that there can be life in you. So guess what? When you die, you become a life-giving spirit. Naturally, it's not that you try to win souls. If you die, there's something that rises in you. Life. You begin to give life to people. You become a life-giving spirit. So God actually calls us to die. And someone will say, why us? But we cannot say to the one that created us, why did you make us like this? It's COD. It's the nation family that has been called, that's been separated, that's been consecrated for this work. And you see, what is going to cause us harm is us constantly fighting against this death. But God actually says, all that I do through you is to lead you to death. The reason why I allowed situations to happen to you was simply because I needed you to die. As far as your conversations remain, I, 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 I cannot raise you to nation taken. So God says, and I say to you, or I submit to you, that it's going to be a thing whereby you believe the word or not. I've realized that work or ministry or church or life has dispensations. And someone who can look on fire today, and next dispensation can come and they can depart. They can. Why? Because each time begins to reveal if what is walking is spirit or flesh. So I say these words. And please, guys, let's be practical of ourselves, yeah? Without me saying everything, it's not comfortable for me to be here speaking and speaking this long. Don't be deceived. You're not, you're not spiritual if that's what you think it is. It's not comfortable. 
So if God is stressing this to us, guys, it's because he's trying to make something of us. And what I want, guys, honestly, now this is the sentimental part. I want us to take the nations together. But according to work and ministry and the spirit, whether people are here or not, it's not going to stop us taking it. Do you understand that? There was a day that Barnabas and Paul separated. But Paul was a man driven for the work. So what God puts in us is a faith. And this faith is Paul's faith. It's the likeness of Paul's faith. It's playing around with death. So that we may know the power that raises. That's what God calls us into. So COD, at your age, what God says is, are you willing to cast off to put off, to forget your confidence, which is your flesh, your youth. For the first time, God said to me, the time of leading young people solely is about to finish. Do you know what that means? We will always have young people. But you see, because we die, there will be people that are older that will now start coming. We won't be, I get now why PT had to remove us from the term youth revival to revival. So he was actually saying, expand your territory. So you see what's going to happen. I, I was praying and God said that he's going to put his trust on you, Kida. Now, let me tell you what that means. He will see you as someone that he can give finances to. Do you know what was going to happen? If we look at a glody, whatever's needed to do the work, People will not look at him as a youth because they will see him as solution. They will not consider age. That's what God wants to do with you. That's what God wants to do with you, with everyone. I told you, Basolat, God is raising you. If I call you to lead in a certain capacity, you forget everything behind you and you lead. I can't say everything. But what does the Bible then finally say? So how do we die? I want you to write these scriptures down. You read it yourselves. I think we've gone. Romans 8. Romans 8, 11. The spirit that raised Christ. I want you to have these scriptures that you pray on. You meditate. Whenever it looks like even Pastor Obi seems to be forgetting you. Pastor Obi has no power to stop a spiritual person. No power. I never forget when PT said that they will break out of rocks, spiritual people. So what would I do? I believe death. And every time I feel like situations are calling me to death, I'm not being recognized. I'm not this. I'm not that. I see this. I see that. I remember scriptures that says things like, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you meaning that there's no situation that can stop the raising of our lives no situation are you hearing me why would you be ag agitated because you just don't believe in that but from today because there's a now time you can believe and say i i am convinced if we are meant to take nations and all of a sudden we find ourselves in prison yeah, in Africa, like somewhere where people know God. I believe that something will happen. And all it takes is a moment for God to raise. Remember when you gave me that scripture in the twinkling of an eye? That's how God moves. It's instantly. 
The last scripture I want you to have is Romans 6, 11. I'll read from verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ, choir, are you ready? You've got a song to sing, right? Yeah? Because we're going to read it. We're going to start worshiping as soon as I'm done with this. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So what's my confidence? Christ resurrected. The fact that he rose to life, I know that is inevitable. If Christ didn't die, then I'll question my rising. I mean, if Christ didn't resurrect, I'll question my rising. But he lives. So it says that, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now, this is what God says we do in order to put away the flesh. It says, in the same way, count. Did you hear what I said? In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You've done that before, but there was no spirit that breathed over that, over that word. But today, listen to me, COD, from this day forward, you will count yourself dead to sin. And you will actually see power every time will come to make you deny sin. And what will happen is that sin will try, will try, will try, but you will keep saying no to the moment that flesh realizes it has no space in it. Are you with me? Come on, take us away.